Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Thank you for watching and or listening. Please make sure you're subscribed to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, literally anywhere. Make sure you're following it. Uh, rate it on Apple. Uh, you know, just Coach Steve Show on Apple. Give it a five-star rating, hopefully, but whatever rating you think it gets. Leave a comment in the comment section down below on YouTube or Spotify or Apple. Um, welcome back to the show. Before we get started, make sure you're checking out the Belly Up Media Network. You have to go to bellyupsports.com, but check out the Belly Up Media Network. Uh, you can find plenty of podcasts and blogs and all, a bunch of media entertainment out there for everybody um, outside of sports. So just everything. So again, bellyupsports.com. 
Um, check out all that stuff for the Media Network. Um, so we're going to dive right back into this. Uh, we are just literally going to continue where we left off. On the last episode, uh, discussed Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Everyone's been talking about it. So we're just going to continue this conversation because it was, I did a podcast that day of it. So let's talk about it. More and more people are coming out and talking about this. And I touched on it a little bit on the last episode. We're going to continue. Nick Saban did not call Jimbo Fisher a cheater. If here's what happens, people get, you know, snippets, you know, part of the world is you get video snippets and it gets put on the internet and that's all we know. And sometimes when a person does like a press conference and it's 20 minutes, well, are you going to remember every single 20 minute clip or are we going to talk about the clip that's going to, you know, be more newsworthy, I guess is the right thing to say. And as we all know, maybe I'm a little biased because I am a Nick Saban fan. You can call me a bandwagon fan all you want. But even way back in the early 2000s, you know, I knew I wanted to be a, a coach and, you know, you're watching coaches, you know, you're watching games on TV and you're seeing who is having success. You can call me a bandwagon person, but I've liked Nick Saban since mid 2000s. You know, he's at LSU. Yes, he won a national title, but he was at LSU. So I'm going to the NFL um, and I go to Alabama and have watched and just fans of coaches. There's nothing wrong with being a fan of a coach from, you know, bouncing around. So you can call me a bandwagon person all you want. So maybe I'm a little biased. But when you listen to what Nick Saban said about NAIL, people are going after him talking about, well, his play, you know, he's talking about we didn't pay a player, but he was talking about his guys making money. Well, if you listen to him, he said that. He said, when we recruit guys, we, there's a collective and the collective, it deals with the NIL stuff. But coach, he says this, coaches are supposed to know how it works. Coaches are supposed to know how much money's in there. Coaches know these deals and everything and that's going along with it. He says that. And again, if you're the head coach of, of a football team in high school and college, you need to know what's happening in your football program from top to bottom. We've seen plenty of football coaches not know what's going on in their program from top to bottom or they ignore what's going on and then coaches get in trouble. So Nick Saban's comments about Texas A&M or quote-unquote Jimbo Fisher, if you ever want to call it, say that, were really not that bad. And again, Nick Saban is really smart. He does not say comments unless it's to benefit something. So whether he's speaking to boosters about getting money, whether he's speaking to you know, college football in general, where he's speaking to the NCAA. Um, Does he really know what happened because he knows a lot of people in recruiting? Who knows? But he doesn't say things just, just to say them. So there has to be a reason why I said this. Or is he going to leave college football soon? Is he on his way out? I think if he would have won a national title this year, he might have retired. But now he's more motivated than ever. But he doesn't say things just to say them. There's a reason. And what he said really wasn't that bad. I think what he said more about Jackson State, if you wanted to compare the two, was worse. So just just to refresh, let's try to talk about um, play here what you know Nick Saban said on this. 
So here was Nick Saban, the little snippet that everybody's talking about. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team, made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. And you've read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were so, second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. Stop that. So all he said was, he was, right before that snippet, he was talking about, you know, NAIL. He's talking about, quote-unquote, free agency, which I've said. Mike Leach has talked about. I've said it. And he's talking about recruiting. Now, there is a rule in place where they cannot entice NAIL to a recruit. But at the same time, there's that collective that could maybe talk to that recruit. And he's talking about they were second recruiting. In a way, it was bragging about his recruiting because he said we were second recruiting. Texas A&M was one. They paid every player. And he said they didn't pay any players. So he's kind of bragging about his recruiting because then he says he can't sustain that because they're going to have to start coming up with ways. And he also talks about, and it's not in the snippet because we're not going to watch the whole, you know, 10 minute clip is when they're recruiting pitch, they discuss, you know, how they're going to go to the NFL. Then he says, they try to offer everything. You're going to have the exact equal opportunity. I'm not going to give this person more. He talked about his quarterback making over a million dollars, but that's because he came to Alabama and had opportunities and those opportunities just happened to make him that money. So once you get there and everything, you have the opportunities. That's what he's talking about. You have the opportunity for scholarships. You have the opportunity for school, tutors, access to everything. He doesn't want to give this person more than the other. So he doesn't call out Jimbo Fisher by name, but in a way, you, you kind of say that when you're talking about Texas A&M. But again, we talked about it last time. This isn't the first time they've been, quote-unquote, said they bought players. Now, here's the thing. People automatically were like, he called Jimbo Fisher a cheater, and I said this last time. I'm going to say it again. Did he come out and say he cheated? No. Is this something that's taboo or that gray area? Yeah, but guess what? There is no rules. And he talked about the NCAA doesn't really have authority to do much anymore. They used to. They used to have this quote-unquote power. But with this legislation coming down at NAIL and different things, if somebody wants to sue them and do this and do that, they obviously have the money, but they don't want to deal with it, so they just kind of let it go used to have to get approved by NCAA to transfer, and they just don't want to deal with it. So who's who, who's to say what to do? These commissioners of SECs or Big Ten or anything like that, they're the ones in charge. We really don't have any leadership from top to bottom on this. So that's what Nick Saban's whole thing was talking about, and I'm paraphrasing. He talks way more about it, but he gives that little snippet. Jackson State was the one that kind of, to me, was worse when he says they paid a player a million dollars and everything else. So it's either Nick Saban actually knows information out there or he's just reading things, doesn't really know if it's true, but he's going to say it anyway. And I don't believe that part of it, but again, we can't trust most media sites. Jimbo Fisher's comments back, and I'm repeating some from the last, but we're going to talk about it. Repeating what last time... How you react to certain things said to you shows a lot. So we saw how Jimbo Fisher reacted to an article or whoever said that they gave recruits money to get the number one recruiting class. He snapped and went off. So when Nick Saban says this, he immediately gets a press conference and and snaps. But here's the problem. 
he goes way overboard and makes it more personal. Now, I know Nick Saban, I guess, could have made it personal, but Jimbo Fisher talks about Nick Saban not getting his way and throwing a tantrum. This thing with Jimbo Fisher was him throwing a tantrum. And the way he reacts is almost like he's getting caught. So either he's mad because people are figuring it out that they gave people NAIL deals or money, um, or that could be a part of it. The other part is they coached together. They've said respectful things about each other. So maybe he's more hurt, so he is expressing this in this way. But I think Jimbo Fisher was wrong because he's the one that's making it personal, talking about check out what how God did his dealings and you'll know he's a narcissist and this, this, you know, a bunch of other things that he came out and said about Nick Saban and was like, oh, he's the greatest ever of all time. Huh? But one thing, Jimbo Fisher, he is. And you will never be like him, number one. Number two, who get, we're going to watch the snippet. Um, there was a compressed video on um, Jimbo Fisher. So let's just recap, you know, what he said that makes it a little bit more personal. In Alabama? Uh, yes, I would. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. And they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. It's ridiculous, but when, when he's not on top. And the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you've got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families in Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right, but we're, not, we're always going to be here. We're doing a heck of a job. These coaches have done a great job. Our players have done a great job. The whole organization of recruiting people. It's despicable that we got to sit here at this level of ball and, and say these things to defend the people of this organization, the kids, 17-year-old kids and their families. It's amazing. Some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his, his deal. You may find out about, about a guy that a lot of things you don't want to know. We built him up to be the czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody that's ever coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out, what he does and how he does it. And it's despicable. It really is. And it's a shame we have to set up here and have this conversation about things we do. And it's it personal to us? Yes, it is. It's personal to AM, it's personal to our players, it's personal to our coaches, and everybody involved. And I know the guy. I know him really well. It's amazing that we're allowed to do those things. It's really despicable. And I, and I hate it for our players who are coming here, who did things the right way, have done things the right way, and will continue to do things the right way. I apologize to you that people insult you publicly the way they're doing it. And our fans, I, I apologize to you guys for people saying those things about Texas A&M. But I promise you this, there are, no, there are no violations. There are nothing wrong. It's the second time we've had to do this with grown men who don't get their way and want to pout, throw a fit, and act up. Just go ask all the people who work for him. You'll know exactly what he's about. I always said this. My dad always told me this. When people show you who they are, believe them. He's showing you who he is. Questions? Uh, to the left, Olin. Uh, a couple of things, Jimbo. First of all, have you had any contact with Nick since? No. Uh, oh, he's called. You just didn't take the call? Not going to. We're done. And, uh, he showed you who he is. And then I just wanted to. He's the greatest ever, huh? And then I just wanted. You to got make, all the advantages. Uh -huh. It's easy. And I just wanted to uh, 
just put it point blank. So no players in your you're saying that no players in the state. There's no bylaws of anything we ever promised done, anything that goes against the laws of the state of Texas, and it's insulting to say a 17-year-old and his family broke laws. No. Down front, Brent. You know, y'all have both spoken so highly of each other in the past in terms of what y'all have done in your previous relationship. So how disappointing was it to hear that from him, you know, in terms of, you know, a mentor type? To you it's disappointing. Well? No, I wasn't. Now, listen, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. There's a reason people don't go. I Last night. And so that was a lot to take in with Jimbo Fisher. And so he really goes after Nick Saban's character and the way he get, he's getting so mad. It makes you wonder, one, one, I think it's almost a recruiting thing for Jimbo Fisher because he keeps repeating how Nick Saban's attacking 17-year-old kids, attacking families, and he goes, I apologize to the fans, I apologize to so-and-so, to the kids, like, Texas A&M is always going to be here. We're not going anywhere. I think that was more of a recruiting thing for him to say, you know, yeah, I'll defend you, which is cool for a coach to come out and defend you. But at the same time, where is he coming up with this stuff? Because he's just, Nick Saban's talking about NAIL in general. And he said it, like he wants the players to make money. He wants them to be paid. But he's looking for a way to make it equal, and now the argument is, well, Nick Saban, now people are kind of the work saying how Alabama players are coming out and saying, oh yeah, we were paid this, we are paid that. If this was true, there would be instable investigations, there would have been this and that. I don't know. I just feel like that would have been harder. That would be a hard thing to hide. And then Jimbo Fisher says, when you have all the advantages, he's the greatest fighter all the time, huh? You know, when you have all the advantages, it's easy. Well, Nick Saban's whole career wasn't easy. He'd been a head coach at like Toledo and Kent State or, you know, Michigan State and had to build that up, LSU and build it up. He had to build Alabama up. And I know he won a national championship in three years, but the fact that he worked under Bill Belichick, you know, at some point, built up to LSU, you know, he he figured out a lot of things, tried to implement it at the Dolphins and you know, he realized very quickly being a head coach in the NFL is not what it's cracked up to be. Went to Alabama, but said, you know what, I'm going to build this. Like, There's plenty of books to read on how he built it up. A good one is fourth and goal every day. Goes into the ins and outs of how he built that up. Making of a coach goes into how Nick Saban built it up and figured out recruiting. And yeah, did he flirt with the line? Yes. Did he ever cross it? No. Bill Belichick does the same thing in the NFL. Figures out the rules, gets to that gray area, and go. And if, if guys cannot figure it out, that is on them. And he, he says, you know, there's people, there's a reason why he never went back and coached with them. Well, there's been plenty of reports. Defensive guys probably stay more with Nick Saban than offensive guys because Nick Saban's a defensive guy and he gets really on his offense coordinators. It's been well documented. Lane Kiffin said it. Um, other people have said it. He really gets on. And offense because he feels this amount of pressure to, to win all the time. He wants it to be good. And he really gets on his defensive coordinators. But my problem is, he says, you know, go look, and look at how God did his dealings and you're going to find out something. You're going to find out about a guy about things that you really don't want to know. And he goes, he knows him really well. He didn't coach with him all that long. He coached with him at LSU for a few years. He didn't go with him to Alabama because I think he was going to be an offensive coordinator at Florida State. And Florida State was in the ACC. It's easier than the SEC. So that's where he was going to go. And again, there's reports about Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher going at each other because Nick Saban, the 
the what the, it's been publicly put out there in books and everything how the standard of how he holds his coaches and what his coaches do is crazy. You read like I, I talked about last time, five a.m. to probably eleven p.m. because they, they they win. Read the book. They won their championship at LSU. They're all celebrating. He said, "Meet me in the office in ten minutes." They met him. He's handing out folders. You're going to go here and talk to these kids here, here, here. And they said, whoa, 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 we just won the national title. What are you doing? He goes, yeah, and we're like two or three weeks behind on recruiting. Like he can't do it because he understands the process continues. Uh, Bill Belichick said the same thing after winning the Super Bowl. And he goes, well, we're behind on looking at draft picks. We're behind on this. Like they enjoy winning the national championship, obviously, or the Super Bowl because they are they're competitive and they want to win. But they can't. They understand the moment they take their foot off the gas, somebody's going to catch them. Somebody's going to be there. So is Nick Saban throwing a little fit about this, this, and that? I wouldn't call it a fit. He's always warned about things in college football, and they come to fruition. So he's talking about NAIL, you know, being free agency and everything else. He didn't say, and then Jimbo Fisher wants to continue to talk about, we didn't break any bylaws. You're talking about 7 year old kids breaking rules. You're talking about this. If this was 2007, this was 2000, and Nick Saban came out and said Texas A&M paid players, yes, that's a huge insult because back then, that was the, the deal. Now, use the rules. Get into that gray area. If you actually said yeah, there's NAIL. Oper- the way Jimbo Fisher should have handled this was, yes, we have a collective. We have NAIL opportunities. And these Texas A&M, the recruits we have, saw what our players have the opportunity for, like what Nick Saban was saying. So why not? This is what you guys have. They, they can't promise them specific NAIL deals, but they could say, look, you're going to have this opportunity. We're in Texas and blah, 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 blah. There's ways to get guys. And so the way you're going after him personally is just way over the top and way over the line. Way over the line. Because Nick Saban didn't do that. And then Nick Saban goes on an XM show and on the radio show and says he sh- probably shouldn't have said, you know, school's names by by name. And he said, people are going to say this about me. I'm at an age and I'm at a point in my career where I really could care less about what people say about me. Yes, he's probably disappointed because Jimbo wasn't a former offensive coordinator. It seems like they get along a little bit, even though they went at each other's throats. But there's respect factor there. But people are out there defending him. Lane Kiffin has publicly tweeted about it. Then you have legendary coach Steve Spurrier come out on this. Um, an article, um, Steve Spurrier backs up Nick Saban. Um, we're just going to read this whole thing. Jimbo Fisher responded in a way he felt appropriate, calling a press conference for himself to uh, deny claims of rule violations, even though Nick Saban never said he broke any rules. He said he paid every player, bought every player. So that's just what it is right now because there's no rules or regulations. Um, And then the other thing real quick about Jimbo Fisher is somebody should have slapped him. Like, now are you talking about this and then we build Nick Saban up to be the best ever the Cesaro of football? He is. He's better than you, Jimbo Fisher, way better coach than you. Records speak for themselves. You've won one national title because you happened to get a decent quarterback, but then you can never do it again. And you're not doing too hot at Texas A&M either. Legendary Florida Gators head coach and former Heisman winning quarterback Steve Spurrier chimed in on the feud between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. I don't know why Fisher is mad at Saban, Spurrier stated. Did Saban say something that, was, uh, that wasn't true? 
Spurrier doubles down on the idea that everything Saban said was factually correct. I don't think Saban told any lies there, so I don't know what he was mad about. Since Fisher beat him last year, I guess he can talk now. He hasn't beat much of anybody, but he beat Saban last year, but they haven't won the division or anything since he's been there, which is true. Now, was Texas A&M in the best of spots when Jimbo Fisher got there? No, but they haven't been anything either. Um, you know, then it goes on to talk about when they're going to play. Then article continues, you know, talking about like, you know, the comments he made are questionable and everything else. Because if you look at Jimbo Fisher's record, I mean, there is a point about being at Texas A&M, you know, he had a good run there at Florida state. I mean, 10 and four, nine and four, 12 and two. Um, then they went 14 and 0 and won the national title. And I believe that was the last, uh, you know, top two, the BCS championship, then 13 and one, uh, 10 and three, 10 and three. Then they went five and six. Um, and then he goes to Texas A&M, goes nine and four, eight and five, nine, one, eight and four. So they haven't won the SEC. They haven't been in the SEC championship game. Yeah, they went nine and one in 2020. They weren't a bad team. This year, they really weren't that bad of a team. They had some injuries, but still, he really hasn't done anything. You beat, you beat Nick Saban and you, you're 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 implying that Nick Saban's saying this. People on Twitter are implying he said this. People on podcast are implying he said this. And the sad thing is, they all agreed on the the, the very thing that we're talking about is NAIL. You know, Nick Saban's talking about the collective. They need this. They need that. Jimbo Fisher had made comments during this time where he's throwing his little baby tantrum and says, you know, talking about he wants to see legislation come down. He doesn't understand how it would work. He doesn't know where they would go with it but says we need somebody to regulate some of this so we could stop some of these things to happen. So they agree on this, but then continues to talk. Then he makes a comment. He doesn't know what goes on with the collective. He's like, there's collective, yeah, but that's what they do. I don't understand how it works. Well, that doesn't make you that great of a coach. You're a good coach. He's a good offensive mind. We've seen it time and time again. Good offensive coach. But, again, you haven't done much Texas a and you know, if you were the czar of football like Nick Saban, you would have won a championship by now. You beat Nick Saban. Great. Cool. So did Kirby Smart. And it's okay to take time to build it up. Kirby Smart's taking time to build it up. Like, Kiffin's going to take time to build up this old Miss. And the thing is, if Nick Saban really does do all this shady stuff that he claims about, why haven't other coaches said the same thing? You know, they're all just sitting back watching. Lane Kiffin's really the only one that's going to come out and say something. But talking about throwing a tantrum, talking about saying when you were a kid, if you said something, you need to be smacked. Well, somebody should smack him. So who is really, really throwing this tantrum? Who's really throwing a fit? It's it's Jimbo Fisher. He easily could have called a press conference. And said, you know, I heard comments about a coach, and it is disappointing coming from a, you know, one of the best college football coaches we've ever had. But here at Texas A&M, you know, I thought we recruited well. Um, The guys that chose to come here, we're excited to have here. You know, we're excited to compete in the SEC. We're excited to compete. Um, You know, our schedule's pretty tough. And then just start, you know, name off the very first game and say, we're looking forward to this. We're looking forward to getting to work in the summer and into the fall. Um, yeah, you know, the, the coach will see October 8th, and it's going to be a great game like it was last year. We'll be able to compete and everything else. And here at Texas A&M, you know, we, we you know, proud of the coaches and what they've worked on and this and that. Like, that would have been the way 
to handle it. But Jimbo Fisher feels like he, someone said he's probably a top 10 coach in college just because of his national title. And so maybe he feels a certain way of he deserves the right to say these things. And even though Nick Saban didn't call him out by name, people think he did. But Nick Saban doesn't go up there and say this stuff. Dabo Sweeney does it. Like, these other coaches don't go up there and make a lot of this personal. Um, I know Lane Kiffin probably has said a couple things about Nick Saban, but they, I mean, there's respect factor there. Nick Saban, I mean, and, and, and Lane Kiffin kind of jokes a little bit like, oh, yeah, I would burn him. Like, he was covering me. I'd burn him. I'm taller than him and blah, 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 blah. Just to, like, get under, under Coach Saban's skin and this and that. So Jimbo Fisher was in the wrong. People out there are talking about his comments. Some people are supporting his comments and defend him 100%. But there's also articles talking about, like, it's kind of weird, his response to this. Um, you know, an article is literally titled, um, Jimbo's comments about Saban are questionable. Um, you know, right here, and I've said this, Jimbo blew things incredibly out of proportion and made things personal. It's not going to go unforgotten October 8th when the Tide meet the Aggies in Tuscaloosa. Um, right here. It's written in an article right here in USA Today. And I said this last podcast and said it here. Saban never accused of Texas A&M of cheating, but Jimbo Fisher going to blow it up. Maybe somebody should smack Jimbo Fisher. Maybe somebody should smack him. While they have paid players, you are now you are now allowed to do that through NAIL deals. However, seeing this type of knee-jerking reaction should certainly raise a few eyebrows. It is also a little weird that despite all these name, image, likeness deals, there are no public campaigns for any of these athletes. Um, try not to downplay the fact that no money went into these recruits' decisions and almost laughable. Outside of 2019, when Texas A&M finished fourth in recruiting cycle, they have not finished with a top five class in the 21st century. The new name and likeness laws are put into action, and suddenly they sign the best class of all time. Correlation doesn't mean concession, but here it does. Um, while it's fair to fire back at Saban's comments, it's hard to take a guy like Jimbo seriously. He assembles a full-blown press release to call Saban a narcissist. Well, isn't that a little ironic? You know, then it says, you could tell he's an ACC coach at heart because he's cut from the same cloth as Dabo Sweeney, which we don't want to get into because I respect that. Um, without the seasons of Winston, he's averaged the best with no legitimate bowl experiences outside of the Duke Mayo, Mayo Bowl, of course. Um, as mentioned above, he is never accused of being a cheater or a liar, yet Jimbo still said, you can call me anything you want, but I don't cheat and I don't lie. If you did, my old man uh, slapped me across the head. Maybe somebody sort of slapped him, which is also ironic as he tries to call out Saban for cheating at multiple points in his career and not always following the rules. Well, Jimbo Fisher, would you like to ignore the fact that you coached for Saban from 2000-2004? So were you cheating with Saban then or did you lie today? So that, you know, this article is hitting around the head and things I said. So if you know what he did, why, why aren't you coming out and saying what he did? Or maybe because you did it. And maybe that's why you and Nick Saban didn't get along, you know. So, again, people said if Nick Saban says these things, you better make sure there's nothing on his record, which is probably the case. Nick Saban's probably like, I didn't do anything wrong, so, you know, I can say these things. Um, and he's not really calling Jimbo out personally. He's just saying. Um, so, Jimbo Fisher, you saying this stuff, you better make sure – that no other assistant that worked for Nick Saban is going to come out and say, well, wait a minute, you did this, Jimbo Fisher. You know, saying, well, when my daddy would slap me, well, you're saying these things about Nick Saban, so somebody should slap you. 
And again, if Nick Saban during this thing came out and said, Jimbo Fisher and the way he recruits flirts with that because he is paying players to come to Texas A&M. If he said that, then most of what he said in this press conference, the way he reacted, absolutely you would have to come on there and say that. I don't think Jimbo Fisher is earned the right to talk this way, number one. Number two, Nick Saban never said these things. So you putting words in his mouth, you're using this as a recruiting tool. You're trying to maybe fuel your players up for that. But guess what? To be a good coach, don't worry about the October 8th thing. Worry about the first one because you can lose your first game, obviously. So Jimbo Fisher, you're in the wrong. Worry about your team because come October 8th, Nick Saban is going to wipe the floor with you. It'll probably be a close game. Not going to be a huge blowout. If Alabama's healthy going into that game and they're rolling, don't think that he's not going to run the score up if given the possibility. Don't think that the Alabama players are going to take it more personal than your Texas A&M players. Your Texas A&M players want to tweet and say, oh, it's personal, October 8th. Well, guess what? If your players are already worried about October 8th, you're going to have a couple losses going into that game. And Nick Saban probably won't, and Alabama won't. And then come October 8th, they're going to be ready. Like, I don't think you realize when Nick Saban loses a national championship like that to a former coach, he's going to be fueled up. The assistant coaches are fueled up. The players, the way you went after Nick Saban, are going to say, now it's personal because you went after the coach. You said these things. He didn't come after you, Jimbo Fisher. You went after him. And Nick Saban's just going to keep his mouth shut and say, okay, cool. You're going to be, I'm in your head now. I'm going to have real estate. So Jimbo was wrong. Jimbo, get over yourself. Worry about coaching. If there's any IL deals to get your players to Texas A&M, who gives a rat's ass about it? Who cares? I don't care. Yeah, do I like it? If you did, no, I really don't. I really don't care. So get over it. There was a better way to handle this. I'm a high school coach, and I could have handled it better. Now, say at home to your wife or your girlfriend or whoever, your friends, your personal friends, whatever you want. But with that, keep it to yourself. But Jimbo Fisher was wrong. He was not right in anything he said. Because Nick Saban never went after players. He never went after families. He didn't say Jimbo Fisher cheated. He didn't say Texas A&M cheated. Now the comments about Jackson State was a little more worse. And everything else. But people out there even saying that Nick Saban accused Jimbo Fisher of cheating. Get over yourself as well. He did not do that. Didn't say anything. So move on from it. Can't wait for October 8th for that to happen. Um, So Jimbo Fisher was wrong. Um, that wraps up another episode. Please make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment in the comment section down below. Like the video as well. It helps out the algorithm. Um, if you're listening to this in audio form, thank you so much. Um, please give it a rating, especially on Apple. And leave a comment on that too as well. If you could take the you know that minute out of your day to do so, please and thank you. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Um, you know, Check out weekly episodes. Hopefully we're going to get some guests on. So check all that out. Uh, thank you guys for watch, so much for watching and or listening and roll tide.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 